welcome to The Dellingpod with me, James Dellingpole. And I know I always say I'm excited about this week's special guest, but before I introduce him, a quick word on behalf of our various sponsors. Hello, just a quick heads up about a couple of events I've got coming up which might be of interest to you. Um, One of them, obviously, you're going to be there, aren't you? But there are still tickets left to my event, my live event with David Icke in Manchester on the 15th of November. Uh, It's going to be great. It's going to be really interesting. Uh, There's another event the, the weekend before that on the 11th of November. Saturday in Stroud in in Gloucestershire this is it's called net zero the final frontier and there are various people talking um I'm going to be giving a very punchy talk on something I don't normally go into uh these days because I've, I've I've kind of had enough of it but the whole climate change agenda and what absolute bollocks it is so if you want to hear me talking about that it's probably worth coming down to Stroud I'll put the details below thank you very much enjoy the rest of the podcast and also of course do please support my sponsors um, by helping them you're helping me and you're helping them and you're helping the cause and it's all good thanks welcome to the Delipot David Edelman aka the people's lawyer um now david i'm quite trepidatious about this because i've dealt with some pretty out there subjects in my time on my podcasts you you know sort of moon landings and fake dead paul mccartney and stuff but nothing divides those of us who are awake quite like the stuff that you do um and you can tell me about more, more about this in, in, a, in a minute. But whenever I raise the subject of this, what, what would, what, what, just, just in a nutshell, explain what, what it is that you do. And then I can ask my question. Oh, crikey. Um, well, I'm, I'm playing catch up myself because I went to school for too long. And so having played catch up and obviously still in the process, I'm helping other people play catch up too. So what do I mean by catch up? Well, we're dragged through the schooling system and we're not told who we are. We're not reminded who we are. We're not told um, what rights we have. Um, basically, we're told to shut up, put up, shut up, sit still, sit down and, and just um, and receive passively all kinds of nonsense information. And that ultimately leads to our um, downfall in, in many areas. And in those areas, I've delved deeply or dived deeply um, and they are essentially law, health, and education. And I have a book um, on education. Um, I don't have a, well, I have a course on law. I don't have anything yet on health, but ultimately I will have something called the Trilogy of Compassion, which will be a book on each of those subjects. Um, but it's interesting that you say that what I do divides people. I, I, um, that to me is um, ambiguous because, yes, if I go, I can't go along to a mainstream audience. I would just get hounded out of the room in two seconds flat. But even within the so-called freedom movement, yeah. um, there are, there's, there's certain entrenched positions. Yeah. Um, and I seem to be taking um, what you could call a, an even more dangerous position than some of those who simply 
came out to object to uh, lockdown restrictions and jabs and masks and mandates and all that. And, and I go way, way further than that, um, basically. So I think, I hope that's what you were referring to. It is, yeah. If you don't mind, I think I'd like to, like to concentrate on the law area of your, your expertise. Um, and I, as I understand it, what you do is teach people about what, where their real legal rights lie, where, their, where their, their power lies. Because a lot of what is done to us in the name of the law is actually, well, I mean, it's against, against natural law, against natural justice, but, it, but it, it is also avoidable, isn't it? We don't have to submit to these processes which have been imposed on us. Um, which rely on our ignorance to be imposed on us. Is that, is that a fair summary of? It is. Well, f- let's go to um, ground zero. We're on a planet of free will choice. Yeah. If we do anything with our free will compromise, then we're no longer in effect an inhabitant of the planet. We're on a different planet. Yeah. Let me give you an anecdote um, to illustrate what I'm talking about. I was at a, a public gathering there was about 3000 people and mainly because david ike was the was the main speaker and i was an add on this was back in the day i i'm not even so sure i'd become the people's lawyer then because i think it was 2020 i became the people's lawyer at the end of 2020 but anyway so david ike um whips up 3000 people in birmingham it was into into his usual frenzy of uh, humanity human race get off your knees do not comply just say no and these are f- fabulous messages. And I went on after David Icke, and I s- said to him before I went on, I said, shouldn't I be on before you? I don't understand why I'm going on after you. Anyway, I went on after him, and I decided rather than compete and, and I- maintain the frenzy, I, I did the opposite, and I um, put people into a trance, a 30-second trance. I said, you're going to go very quiet, and you're going to think about who you are, who you really are. And I broke the trance by saying, well, if you haven't worked it out yet, um, here's my answer. You are the law. So this is our, this is our um, essential basic truth that we're not taught that we need to, re- to remind ourselves of because once we realize that we are the law, then anybody else who's saying it's against the law or it's the law is lying to us. Now, they obviously, most of them won't know they're lying to us because these are hypnotized, brainwashed robots who have not been very well educated. Uh, but the truth, and obviously the word truth is a little bit fraught with danger in itself, but, but the bottom line is that we are the law because we can't be anything else. We're here on behalf of divinity. We're here on behalf of source. And we're here to experience life on behalf of source. So when we operate in our center through our conscious, consciousness and through our conscience, then we, we and we are doing no intentional harm uh, to self or others, then we maintain that position that steadfastly that we are the law. And any compromise, however coerced or however pressurized, is a compromise and it is a, a, a fall from grace uh, understandable in many situations. If they come round your house mob-handed 
I had this conversation with someone on a call yesterday. And um, if they come around mob-handed, it's very easy to drop off your perch or off your throne. Um, but we need to stop doing that because, because uh, complying and um, surrendering could involve the demise of humanity. Okay. I, I get... I totally understand the principles of what you're saying. And I'm alive to the possibility that the kind of legal methods that you're ad advising may be a key part of the resistance. But I'm going to need more, more persuading that this stuff actually works. And this is, I, I haven't looked into this very much, but um, it, it would be very upsetting and frustrating if the, the, the things that you're suggesting people do to preserve their sort of sovereignty and to reassert natural law and stuff ended up just costing them loads of money, causing them loads of trouble, well, I mean, actually, I, I suppose we have to accept that it will cause us trouble. But, but I mean, dig us into a hole that we can't get out of. So can you provide me any reassurance, first of all, before we go any further, whether this stuff really does work? Well, OK, that's, that's actually that's a big, an even bigger question than you might realise. Let, let, me, let me come at it from two different angles. First of all, if we, if we don't follow this sound principle that we are sovereign beings and that we are the law, we are heading for real trouble, real, uh, real trouble, not just the inconvenience of financial loss and knocks on the door, but much existential threat. So that's the first thing. Secondly, let me string together some anecdotes that hopefully will, re will give you the reassurance. So someone in the freedom movement, who I won't name, uh, was arrested during the um, lockdown and the rallies, and he knew that um, he is the law. He knows that he is the law. It didn't prevent him getting arrested, but he maintained his dignity and his sovereignty, and he didn't surrender a name. So all he did was endure 23 hours in a police cell, and the police had to release him. Okay, now that's traumatic, arguably. Um, mm -hmm. Certainly a massive inconvenience, but we are in a war. This is a war for, uh, on humanity itself, certainly on its consciousness. And so we are bound to suffer little losses. And it's the little losses that we need to take on board to prevent the biggest loss of all, which is our very existence. Yeah. Uh, and another, another, another anecdote from my own personal experience, and while I'm saying it, I'll try and think of even more from my own personal experience, is I had a visit from um, agents. So this was gas. This was six or seven years ago, before I knew half of what I know now. Yeah. And, and I knew enough to know that um, because of the castle principle, an Englishman, uh, an Englishman, an Englishwoman's home is that castle, uh, and nobody can get in if the man or woman is at home and keeps the door closed. So the agents came around because I'd been going through the motions of practicing uh, civilized, uh, non-compliant, civil disobedience, not paying my gas and ele electricity bills, just to see what consequences that involved. Mm. And it got to a point where 
Two gas agents, maybe even three, and a locksmith and two police officers. So it's a whole mob came to the door. Now, I was, by this time, I was actually starting to teach this kind of stuff. So I thought, yeah. well, okay, I've got to walk my talk. I've got to put into practice yes. what I'm teaching. So I addressed myself to the police officers. They tried to trick me, and the woman police officer said, um, Mr. Edelman, if you just come out, we can discuss this better. And, and that would have been, you know, so you open the door. Next thing you know, six people just rush you. So I wasn't that naive. So I said, well, rather than me come out, uh, why don't I recite Section 26 of the Criminal Justice and Courts Act 2015? And I said, are you familiar with that? And she said, no. I said, would you like me to read it out to you? And she said, well, go on then. Actually, she said nothing. I said, I'm going to read it anyway. And I read it out, and basically it's abusive position by a police officer, which uh, means that they're arresting an innocent man or woman so that a third-party agent, a corporate enforcement agent, can reap a benefit. And that is a serious crime, and, a, and for abusive position, a police constable can go down for up to 14 years. And I laid this out to them, and within microseconds, the police were saying, oh, well, this is a civil matter, we don't need to be here. So what's the moral there? Well, the moral is... Deep down, I knew that I am the law, but I'm not going to say that because it's not relevant in that particular moment. But what I did was I, I used that strength to, to recite their version of the law to them because their version of the law, when you use it opportune, if you use the right version of their law at the right moment, they have to concede. And they're conceding because you've got their law right and you've got your law right because you know that in your law, no agent can get past your front door against the free will choice of the man or woman who has, for whatever reason, and I had very good reasons, multiple reasons, um, has kept the door closed. Um, there's another anecdote while I'm thinking, and obviously within seconds, the agent's have also disappeared because they feel that with the police officers involved, I will be intimidated and open the door. This is what happens in 99 out of 100 cases. But knowing their version of the law and my version of the law, or my true law, I kept the door shut and, and sent the police packing with an appropriate recital. And obviously, once the police go, then the other agents, the gas agents, um, literally fall apart morally it demoralizes them because they know they're not getting in and then what happens is they disappear and then the locksmith um, and many locksmiths are on our side ran back and and whispered through the letterbox it's okay they've gone now i've not done any damage you're all right he you know a lot of them are under coercive pressure to be there anyway and but did they come back no that was it that, that, was, that was the it. end of that was their third visit. They'd done two visits without the police, realised that I, I was uh, not letting them in, and they thought, well, we'll give it a go with the police. And so by then I'd done my research, and you've got the, you've got the, um, the, the massive hammer of, their, of the appropriate section of their rules. So th there is a paradox here. I am saying stand under, under God, stand under your natural rights. Yes, do that. And that inspires you to maintain your position. But you're, you will only be guaranteed a win, a clean win, if you can find something in their system that will send them packing.
So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a double whammy. One other anecdote while I'm thinking is a woman who knew what I know. Uh, I'm not so sure she was standing under God's law or under nature, but she knew that who she was. She knew that she was a woman. She got a visit and a couple of agents and she kept the door shut and through an open window, she said, you're wasting your time. I'm a living woman. And off they skedaddled. So what we have is two worlds. We have a f- a, the real world of living men and women, boys and girls with flesh and blood and a soul and the fictional world that we've been dragged through because our schooling is fictional. That's the point I'm trying to make. I know you want me to talk about law, and I, I'll respect that. Maybe you could get me back to talk more about education. But, but I, I cannot es- uh, we cannot escape the effect of our education, so-called education, which is to drag us off the land onto the corporate seas and to operate accordingly. And whenever the officers arrive, we, we go into the position of the... Um, of the, you know, we're just rowing the boat. We're rowing their ship. We're just, we're just slaves on the ship. And all I'm saying is that once you realize who you really are, you're no longer, you're magically transported off the slave ship onto the land and soil where you're now reconnected to source and no one can touch you. They can inconvenience you. They can scare you. They can intimidate you and threaten you, but ultimately they're not getting what they want. Yes. But I think, look, the ultimately is, can you beat them using this stuff? Uh, well, can you beat them? Well, you'd have to define what you mean by beating it. Could you give me a specific example? Well, yeah. For example, um, uh, speeding, speeding tickets. You know, I mean, there is, there, is, there is no question in my mind that the real... The only two purposes of speeding tickets are one as a cash cow for local police authorities. They're not, they're not about road safety at all. And secondly, increasingly, they are designed to get as many drivers off, off the road as possible through the back door. So, so you've got clearly um, a, a sort of a, an abuse of authority by well, they're not even a branch of the state, are they? They're a kind of that they're, they're they're taking the name of part of the state, but they're actually, I think, corporations, the police authority. Um, so they this is a, this is a, this is I, I get that this is a battle that needs to be fought um, because otherwise we won't be able to get around in cars, or and 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 the police will just keep abusing their powers. But if the net result of 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 trying this this trickery is that one ends up with double the points one would have got and a whacking fine then it isn't worth it for most people most people particularly in the freedom movement they've already made sacrifices they've already been ostracized they've already been so i i find it very unhelpful your argument that if we don't do this um that you know all is lost I get the principle of it, but it's kind of it, it, it doesn't help people who are, have already made sacrifices to be told, actually, I'm telling you, you've got to make more sacrifices and tough because if you don't, well, well, it'll be disaster for all of us. But not all of us want to be the sacrificial victim for the great cause, you know? Um, well, can, so- I, can, I, can I address that issue, James? Uh, it's, it's, it's a fair comment. Um, but it's it's based on various false premises. Um, okay, so let let me let me 
let me come at this from different angles. Um, the, the issue, the, the financial issue first, say I'm going to step sideways into um, tax territory. Let's say um, you've been dutifully filling in tax returns and paying your tax. And this is true of me going de decades ago to 20, 20 years ago or 15 years ago. And then one day you wake up and decide that income tax, like everything else, is voluntary, contractual. And you stop. But you get a tax return through the post and a threat that if you don't um, fill it in and send it back, they'll issue a penalty. And you don't do that, so they issue a penalty. Then you issue another one, and it escalates to thousands yeah. of pounds. And then one day you realize who you are, and you write to them. And this is a true story. This happened to me. You write to them and you say, um, excuse me, but I've gone private. I'm living as a man, uh, working with other men and women. And um, if you don't mind, stop writing to me. And that's exactly what they did. They cancelled all the penalties and they stopped writing to me. Now, just like that, just like that. Now, that has just happened to several students of mine because I run a course. And this is what the, some of the things that I teach. I only teach what I've personally experienced and and uh, realized works. So there's, let's deal with some more cognitive dissonance. Now, um, if going back into the pseudo-criminal environment, I mean, uh, speeding things are not criminal. No one's got hurt. Someone, someone has to get hurt for, for it to be criminal. Um, so it's kind of penal. Let's call it penal. I don't even know what the correct word is. It's not civil. It's not criminal. It's a gray area in the middle. So <clears throat> you are, or one is... Um, going through the motions of attempting to be sovereign and driving at an appropriate speed, but that appropriate speed happens to be still within their system, not the correct speed. Mm -hmm. So you're amassing, and it's happened to me recently, totting up and all kinds of things. Now, um, you, the, there, is, there is a prevention and there's a cure. Certainly as an individual... Operating sovereignty won't work because this is a relentless agenda, and you've nailed it. It is ultimately to get people, certainly free-thinking people, off the roads and to reduce the number of car users, etc., etc., and to limit free-thinkers gradually to their own 10 to 15-minute zone. So what we need is um, a different approach. So the... Uh, Preventive approach is, some, is something that I've recently seen in some unknown country, somewhere in Europe, I believe. They've started to tape over their number plates. And there's also a particular chemical, and I, have it, I don't have it to hand, but it's, it, I think it's in one of the Dettol liquids, the Dettol wipes. If you put this chemical on your registration plates, the cameras can't see it. So we are in a war. I'm going to have to reiterate this, James, just because your objections are perfectly reasonable in civil and peace, peaceful times. But they, they pale into virtual irrelevance, with all due respect, when, um, when, we are, when we have an existential threat facing us. And I would ask all those people who can currently only see the inconveniences and the pitfalls to look broader and wider. And if they looked broader and wider, they would start to see the kind of things that I feel that I see and not just see, I can feel it. 
And this is where they would be making a stance with the preventive measure, taping over or, or liquidizing their, you know, uh, masking, chemically masking their registration plates. And then the other remedy would be um, the collective remedy, because I would be the first to concede, and I've been saying this all along, that you cannot, as an individual, assert common law or natural law, whichever way you want to, whatever you want to call it, because the system will just steamroller over you. But if enough people realize who they are and what the game is, and the game, the stakes could not be higher, then it becomes a numbers game. And if thousands, tens of thousands, and ideally hundreds of thousands, start to drive at whatever speed is appropriate and stop complying. There was a, a, an Australian sergeant retired who said, if you want to collapse the system, don't comply and don't turn up and don't fill out any paperwork. Well, if enough of us do that, and I, and I personally believe that we need to do that, you, you may say otherwise, but that's my belief at the moment, until further notice, then once we realize what the danger is, and lurking behind all this is, some, is the elephant in the room, which we haven't even mentioned, which is artificial intelligence. And what's currently going on is that honorable men, women, boys and girls are being spied on, judged, assessed, evaluated, punished and threatened by algorithm. And this has been documented in predictive movies and it's in series at the moment, currently on Netflix or wherever. Um, there's one called Mrs. Davis, which is about a woman on the run from Mrs. Davis, who is the algorithm. So we have to be very careful that we do not allow our lives to be dictated to by the algorithm and that we continue to follow our conscience. In my particular case, I'm going to personalize it now, my conscience tells me I am currently off-road, so I can't say hand on heart right now that I am just traveling in a car. But that will happen soon. As soon as I find an appropriate car, um, I will travel from A to B in the private and worst case scenario, because, listen, uh, if it's just me in the car, um, unless I've got special arrangements, put the car in a trust or somebody else owns it and I, I say, look, I'm going to abandon it here. I'll get the bus home and the, and the other owner will come and collect it. Then that's what will happen. There's so many ways around their system. But, what, but we need to um, be co collective about it. We have to use rapid response teams so that we're not isolated because what's happening in the freedom movement is that we've been caught off guard and we still haven't reconvened and sorted out our uh, true collective strategies. Uh, so that's really uh, where I am at the moment, going around the country, reminding people to get together, swap accounts, swap cars, um, put cars in pools, put cars in trusts. There's always a remedy, James, but... There's never a remedy if you don't know what the problem is. Well, well, indeed, it, it, it does sound very, very complicated. Um, now, I. Oh, hang on, let me just change that, that light. It seems the battery's going.
actually, before you, we go on, can you just take me through the different forms of law that apply in the land? What, what's English common law? Well, English common law, which is not re currently being applied in courts, is essentially now it's just reduced to contract and tort, which is agreements, um, formal agreements between, um, between men and women. Uh, and those are rare because when we're normally in, uh, uh, in, in the seas of commerce and tort, which is duty of care law, that's still common law. That's English common law. Uh, so duty of care that you owe to your, um, uh, to your neighbor um, and to your staff if you're an employer. But you'll find that just as is the case of fraud, there's, there's a statute that covers it somewhere. So what's happened over the um, decades, if not hundreds of years, is that um, they have increased the um, ambit, the reach of statute, so that common law has been eroded, so that it's, it's, it's virtually a nothing burger. Right. And so when people say to me, oh, David, could you come and give us a lecture on common law? I say to them, what's that? Uh, I mean, there's, it, in theory, it, there, there is something called common law, but in practice... It's, it's nebulous, it's tenuous, it's been usurped by Parliament and parliamentary rules, which now are referred to in the mainstream society as the law. But if you right. just keep a, keep a steady head, you realise it's not. It's just corporate rules. And, okay. Yeah, uh, so common law, very, very restrictive. Go on, what else did you want so, me well, to say? Well, so, okay, so if, if what we understand as the law is just corporate rules. Yeah. Does that mean we have ways of not being shafted by it? Well, yes. Because, yeah. because I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think either you've, either you've got a case in what you're saying or, or you haven't. I mean, if it, it, I, I keep coming back to this point, that it, people don't want to be hurling themselves onto the wire just, just in order that their, their, their buddies can climb over their dead bodies and, and, and the great, the great, you know, and, and take the enemy position. It's, it, most people just don't have that appetite. They need some hope from you that this stuff is not just, this is not just a game that one does to frustrate the enemy, that, that one can actually play and win. Uh, and I end up not having a big fine, not, not suffering for it, you know, in, in, in myriad ways. So I ask you again, is it possible or not? Well, okay, let, let, me, let me tackle that from different angles. Uh, the answer is absolutely it's possible. But because the enemy is made up of um, psychopathic narcissism, it won't go down without a fight, and it won't go down without um, putting you under some kind of severe psychological pressure. I get that. Yeah, I get so that. Th there's an important contribution to this, um, to this arena, which, is, which was from American case law, and it's the Clearfield case, Clearfield versus Texas. And that laid down a doctrine, and the doctrine is known as the Clearfield Doctrine. It says that corporate governance can... Uh, I'm paraphrasing. Corporate governance can only... And that includes parliamentary... Um, rules and statutes mm -hmm. can only ever offer the man or woman a contract, which is what I found out when I sent my letter to Inland Revenue HMRC, and I yeah. said, "I'm yeah." So uh, it's they cancelled all the penalties, and what they do is they they say things like, 
Well, it is clear from it is clear that you no longer fit our criteria, and that's their way of saying that you've rumbled us. So, con- so parliamentary rules only apply to parla- to governmental employees because they are under contract. So, everything is contract. And the wise man and woman once told me, or once told the world. That on planet Earth, everything is the law, apart from the do no harm running through your conscience and your pineal gland. The law, man-made law that's relevant to man is essentially contract law. Right. Okay, I get that. Um, so, so you're saying that that Texas rule applies in the UK as well? It's a... Because corporations are a worldwide, they're all registered as um, in the city of London. It's a worldwide thing. So a corporation is a corporation as a corporation. There's no such thing as a as a, a national corporation. A corporation is a corporation. It's a it's a fiction. So fictions okay. don't have ge- geopolitical um, color. So that that doctrine it was um, that was that su- U.S. Supreme Court way of warning us really it was kind of a warning that we've been our um constitution is under threat and we're here to remind you that you only are obliged by your contractual undertakings and if if that can be um well there's a gray area about what that means precisely but one thing that we can say is that if you ask for evidence of your contractual obligation to whomever mm. it is yeah. in a civil situation, that will be your get-out-of-jail card. Now, they can't get past that. They cannot get past that. Please provide evidence. So what we do is we give provisional um, or conditional acceptance of their demands. Yes. They, they say, you owe us, you're liable for this. You are, and remember that liable translates as able to be lied to. Lie-able. Does it? Yes. I mean, is, is, that, is that a genuine etymology? Um, well... Or is it a, is it a pun? Um, well, you tell me. Um, it Sounds like a pun. It, it is. It's, pr- it's somewhere in the middle. Is it genuine etymology? Well, it, there's so many... There's so much that's been hidden from science yes. that um, you would probably have to be literally in some kind of secret Masonic Lodge meeting and, and read one of their law books, the black book, which um, high-level judges are given once they reach a certain level. And mm. it would probably be in the black book, but I'm just the people's lawyer, so I don't get access to that kind yeah. of... So I don't know, you know, uh, maybe it was a download one day that came to me or maybe I read it somewhere, but um, I can't recall, to be honest. No. But, um, but the thing is that although we can't pin that down as an absolute truth, all these little puns or yes. these little plays on words, they add up to something when you, when you put them all together. I agree. By the way, can I just pick you up on something? When you were relating your story about the... The, the 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 mob that came to your door, including the locksmith and the um, the police and and so on. I noticed that you used a word which I I think it ought to be is is banned in by by the people's lawyer, which is police officers. 
you you don't call them police officers, do you? Because that that gives them a, a, confers on them an authority they don't actually have. They're constables. Absolutely. Right? No, I didn't call them officers. I'm just uh, I was just um, relating. No, but you did. You, but you did when you just when recalling the situation, you did. And I was wondering whether that was a kind of a, a slip. Um. Well, yes and no. Um. They 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 were they were not there as constables. So they were there as officers, but I didn't allow them to officiate because right. what I did was I asked them, are you, here, um, are you here to prevent a breach of the peace? And they said, yes. And that, reduced, that puts them back into const to constabulary. Oh, is that right? Yes. That's interesting. Yes. I, I left that out of the story. So I didn't want to spend too long on one story. No, but, this is, but this, actually, this is, this is good. Because look, we're not going to be able to cover in this podcast, much as we might like to. But it would be fantastic if by the end of this podcast, people could absorb everything that, that you do on your course and, and, and have these, these instant remedies for every, every time the rosas start coming down on them. They can say, you know, I'm not going to call you officer. I'm, I'm, and, and do you understand? No, I don't understand. Because that's another, another thing, isn't it? You, well, by understanding, you're submitting to their... Absolutely. Um, a, a friend of mine who lives on the Isle of Man um, has a friend who's a police constable. And this police constable was given the task of um, harassing this friend of mine. And... Obviously, they know each other, and um, the constable turns up and starts harassing and questioning my friend. And my friend says to his friend, the man in uniforms, he says, um, Paul, um, did I summon you? And the constable says, well, no, of course you didn't. And my friend says, well, in that case, um, you're dismissed and free to go. And the constable said oh fuck it and had to go so there's there's so many more as we talk james more anecdotes will come to me but it, uh, well I, i'm liking your anecdotes can i say this is this is an improvement from the start because because it's i i, I promise you david you i don't know whether you've you you've encountered this before you don't realize how upsetting most people find this stuff it, awake people they've made sacrifices they need to know that this is not just a kind of a fool's errand they're being sent on. That 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 they do have remedy against this against this system, and it does work. I, I, and I'll tell you a story, by the way, about which gave me hope. I was asking on my my Telegram channel about you know the sort of stuff you do, and lots of people said, "I'm a barrister, or I'm a solicitor, or I've got legal training, and I can tell you this stuff is bollocks. It just it just gets you into trouble." And, and it, yeah, it, it might work on occasion, but it's more trouble than it's worth. Don't do it. That is, that I'm telling you is the position of most people. And they don't find it reassuring to be told, yeah, well, it's, you know, you've got to do this because the greater, greater cause. You know, but what I did enjoy was, was getting a message from somebody who had, I believe had been helped by you. Somebody who said, yeah, I got off. I was going to get. I was going to lose my license because they the, the the speeding cameras clocked me twice, and I was going to lose. Um, and I went through this process, and all right, it was hell. It took me eleven months or whatever, but I ended up in court, 
and my barrister read a statement prepared by and I didn't do the, the thing where you 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 stand you know, I I didn't I didn't allow them to have authority over me or whatever and in the end it worked that's what people need to know if if you can't tell them that then there's no bloody point in going on because too many people will be dispirited is it, you, you you understand what I'm saying and it's it's not an unfair point I think well mm, I mean it's not completely unfair I think it's a little bit um diffident i think this is part of the problem that people have lost faith in themselves and i think uh, this attitude give them give them faith don't don't say, don't blame them give them faith give show them that, that they can use this stuff and if they have you know if they're prepared to go through a bit of hassle that it will work Just, that's all you've got to do well the there's so many there's so many examples of it working it's just ridiculous. Um well good good tell me them tell me more I want to hear. well um people that have had knocks on the door for um with social workers and police officers all they've had to do is simply not open the door. Uh, this is called total disengagement. So total disengagement is based on the castle principle that um, without paperwork, and in many cases, even with paperwork, they can't get past your front door. So what we're like talking... Like vampires. Yes. What you, we're talking about... You've got to about, invite the vampire in. Exactly. The devil has to be invited in. So all these people that are saying to you, James, this is all very well, but it's going to cause me all kinds of untold this and untold that. What they're not taking into account is one of the remedies is total disengagement. And then... The complication sets in, not for the man or woman that's decided to totally disengage, but all those around them. For example, yes. I'm a single man with no kids. So my total disengagement is guaranteed to work 100% of the time because I'm not opening my door. And you can take that to another level by moving to another uh, house or flat or mm. whatever and not registering the fact that you've moved. So you can go grey. Max Egan calls it going grey. Now, the complications set in when I'm married or I'm partnered with someone who's um, steeped in groupthink, very yeah. full of fear, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, yeah. and responds to some of the reservations that you've just enunciated. Yes. So now I have to factor in the fact that she, and obviously if I was a woman, it'd be he, yeah, yeah. most of the time anyway, um, is, is pecking my head saying that they can't sleep at night because I'm bringing all kinds of stress upon their head as well. And that's fair comment. So, so what's, what's the resolution there? Well, it's complicated. It really is complicated. And this and I suspect that this objection would apply to most of the people who've objected through you. Yes. Is that they are surrounded by people who don't get it, who arguably don't even want to get it. Yep. And, and, this, and so we have to be... This is a long game. We're in this for the long haul. And even if it means... If your level of determination to impose sovereignty on the world and to be the light and to be uh, one of those... Um, that uh, to be the one that you've um, what's the phrase um, we are the ones we've been waiting for right that's the phrase so if, you're, if your destiny is to be one of the ones that you've been waiting for then maybe 
your short-term solution is to separate from that partner that's holding you back. Maybe that's even a long-term solution. Now, obviously what? people go, oh my God, what's he saying now? Well, what I'm saying is that the two worlds are splitting. They've been splitting for a while and, and CV19, I don't know whether I can say the full name on your podcast, but that was a, that was a, a marker, a massive marker. This, this is where the two worlds split, folks. Mm. And on one side or in one world, we continue to be afraid and we continue to operate the program and to be full of um, Stockholm Syndrome, excuse our slave masters and even admire them and praise them and, and, uh, and, and ce celebrate their fame and fortune. On the other side of the fence are the freedom lovers who simply want autonomy, they want peace, they want quiet. And when a potentially autonomous person who simply wants peace and quiet is is enmeshed, quantumly entangled with someone from the other side. It's not a formula that's that's going to work for very long. But David, that's not a vote winner. The, the, you, you've look. You, you, this this podcast is already very very self-selecting in the terms of it of, of its people of the people that it reaches who are interested in this stuff. This is your market, and you're and you're saying to them here. You think, you think you're doing your bit? Let me tell you, you've got to live on your own. You've got to shut yourself off from the world and, and you've got to do this and do that. And, and you may not, you know, you may not win in the end of it. That is not going to win. I'm just like trying to advise you here on how to market your stuff. I mean, I'm not asking you to lie. I'm just saying if, if you are really saying what you're saying, then it's a council of despair. Well, what I, well, I think you've reframed, you've rephrased what I've said in a slightly dark tone. Well, you not, said ditch your partner. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, not, I'm observing. I'm not recommending anything. I'm just observing. I'm observing what is actually happening, James. That, that people are being separated by the forces of both light and dark. There's, there's a polarization. There's a magnetization. And... To pretend that it's not happening and to pretend um, that we should soldier on together and find some kind of mutual way forward, I think is, um, well, the kindest thing I can say is that it's idealistic. But if I go down the spectrum towards um, what I believe, really believe, then it's naive um, and possibly even uh, defeatist. Now, so... Again, what do I mean by defeatism? Defeatism, because my starting position and my end position is that we're in a war, James. We're no longer... At the Middle Eastern situation is just symbolic. It's not, that's not the real yeah, but war. We all, but we all get that. I mean, like, I would say 95% of the people watching this are going to be... Get, you know, they're, they're on board with the idea that the world... This is the ultimate battle between good and evil. Right. That the world is controlled by... By Satan, um, or at least the more awake people are aware of that. That the whole system is against us. That our politicians are li liars. That the, the the courts are corrupt. But they so they don't really. I mean, I'm thinking that probably your courses do offer some really 
helpful practical things but they need people need to know that these practical things are practical that they're not just an act of self-sacrifice well um i'm not so sure where you're going with that particularly um self-sacrifice i have made constant sacrifices in the last several years but this but, is you yeah but i don't regard them as as um uh as negative things because they've enabled me to keep going it's all about forward momentum and so what i'm advocating is let's not be stagnant and let's not stagnate let's move forward and if we get more informed or ideally fully informed then our decisions to move forward will be better than before so i'm not advocating any particular action apart from do more research do more due diligence get the biggest picture you can possibly get and that should inform you and inspire you uh, i'm i'm not here to to um how can I put it? To mandate anything, and, and even man, mandatory is 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 a contractual aspect anyway. And that's the other thing that I wanted to say that when if they bring back the uh, severe lockdowns and whatever, and and the word mandate is bandied around, it's only contractual. You can only be mandated by your employer, not by anyone with with whom you do not have a contractual relationship. So the government, in other words, the government can, cannot mandate a man or a woman. So these are the things that we learn on the course. You know, there's, yeah. so, there's so much to learn. It's, I mean, really, what you've, do, what you've done, bless you, is you've taken me out of, a little bit out of my context, and, and it's very difficult for me to give people the roundest possible view because there's so much, there's so many angles to look at this from and so much to learn before you can start to say, ah, okay, I think I get it now. And then the choice is up to the individual to look at their circumstances. Another one of my favorite mantras, when people ask me for random advice, which they're free to do online by email, they don't need a contractual relationship with me. You know, the reason I call myself the people's lawyer is that I answer inquiry uh, pro bono online, no problems. I just ask people to make this, the questions as specific as possible. Otherwise, yeah. I'll be forever answering emails. So uh, what I say to people is that, first of all, I don't give advice because I'm not licensed to, and that's a legal, yeah. uh, that's a legality. But, but what I say, even if I give you a signposting, please bear in mind that everything is contextual, that that signposting may be valid for A, but not for B. It may be valid for A now, but not for A tomorrow. So everything is, is social and, temp t and time uh, contextualized. And th these are the things, that's why it's so important to do a course. It doesn't have to be my course, it, any, anyone who's got yeah, a good yeah. course, because it gives you a sense of perspective. And it also takes you out of your own predicament and less self obsessed and and obviously on a course like mine you're going to meet five six hundred fellow travelers who are um who will empathize with you and say oh i've done that and it does work or it didn't quite work for me but i don't think i did it right and then they can advise you how to do it better or whatever because you know we are like i said before it's one of my first comments we're playing catch up and we're we are um 
feet, feet, what's the word? Feeling our way forward, feeling our way towards truth, taking the odd hit because there are no guarantees. What, what a course does, uh, ideally mine, but it can be someone else's, is give you a bit of a helmet so that if you get a little knock on the head, it won't bruise you. You'll, you might feel it a little bit, but it won't bruise you because you've got the, um, stuffing, you've got the wherewithal, you've got the ammunition to keep going and to, because again, using the war analogy, we do need some protection. And that protection can be knowledge, it can be confidence, it can be feeling that we're part of a greater collective. And once those numbers grow sufficiently, then all those people that objected, remember that, you know, when you say things that go against the grain, you're, you are um, pilloried as insane. And that's happened to me enough times. And then one day you wake up and people said, oh, I knew you were right all along. And what's happened in between? Well, it's the hundred monkey syndrome. It's all of a sudden consciousness has, has invaded enough people and all of a sudden what was ludicrous and lunacy before now becomes commonplace. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I totally, as I said at the beginning, I, I totally agree with your, your principles and I admire that, that you've, you've, you've chosen a lonely path. Um, I still think that from a perspective of a lot of my viewers and listeners, um, they'd like a few more this works stories. Well, you know? it's, we've got so many people who no longer pay their TV license, who no longer um, pay parking charge notices, um, who no longer, some of them no longer pay their domestic energy bills. Um, some of them have realized that their credit cards don't need repaying because that's why, why do you think it's called a credit card? You know, there's so many, and that, that their boys and girls, their offspring belong to them because you only, you own that which you create. Therefore, a social worker and a teacher and a head teacher cannot own your, your offspring. That's quite important. Yeah. If, if, well, this is again, social... if you, if you come, call me back in for a session on education, we can explore that more fully. So if they make an example is if that I'll bring the two worlds together right now. Yeah, yeah. If, if they, if they make home education illegal, which it is in Germany and parts of the United States, for example, it will never be and can never be unlawful. How can it be unlawful to look after your own boys and girls? It can't be. Mm. But it, and that's the land and soil, ancient, natural, common law. It can't be. But it can be illegal because they can make it illegal with their corporate rules known as statutes. And therefore, what we then, what we then need to teach is the art of being the um, progenitor of the offspring and not responding using their language or using total disengagement. Uh, and they cannot get past your ownership. And again, it only becomes complicated if one uh, parent, I use that term loosely and some people will understand why, uh, has a different perspective to the other. And this is what's happening more and more. You have the narcissistic groupthink, devout Covidian, a member of the mainstream who um, thinks that home education is an abomination. And the other parent, using the term loosely, yeah 
thinks the precise opposite and thinks that sending their boy and girl to school is a crime against humanity and certainly a crime against that boy or girl, which is my position, obviously. Now, how do those two positions reconcile? Not very easily, but with the ancient mantra that possession is nine-tenths of the law, it can be resolved using practical steps. And over the last two years, that's what I've been suggesting without advising or, or um, consulting formally with one or two people. They've got back to me saying they thought about it, they um, acted upon it, they um, took possession of their boy or girl, and, and they are really pleased that that's what they did. That's that. Okay, so there's another good example of stuff that um, where it, it 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 can can work, and presumably on your course you teach people what to say when, say, they're at a demonstration and the police come and bother them and ask them, you know, try and try and get them to incriminate themselves. Well, I imagine. they don't have to do my course. They can download something called the personal protection card. I've got lots of free resources and materials, James. Because yeah. I do recognise that not everybody has a spare hundred or two hundred pounds to do a course. It's not a lot of money for some, but it's a, a fortune for others. Yeah. So what I, I I've met people halfway by producing about seventy videos that are free to air, free to watch, with resources that can be downloaded, and it's called the Personal Protection Card. You can download it as a PDF from the website. There's also something for the boys and girls who are in the classroom whose parents, for whatever reason, cannot or won't, um, maybe because the boy or girl is, is relatively comfortable in school because that's where their social life is. Um, but uh, there's something called a school protection card, again, freely available to download from the website, and it re provides remedy for a boy or girl that finds themselves um, the subject of tyrannical uh, threats, demands, or abuse from the system via the teacher or the head. So there's all kinds of remedy everywhere. And uh, as we speak, I've got boys and girls road testing these materials. They've only been out about five months, the school protection card. The personal protection card has been out two and a half years. And a lot of people, one, um, this is a sentimental story, um, but I'll, I'll say it because it's, it's, it's very touching. One woman said that she gave this personal protection card to her mother. It inspired her to get possession of her mother while she was dying, she was being medazzled to death. She took possession of her own mother, um, got a wheelchair, um, pretended to be almost like a sergeant major character, and, and any, any nurse that was going to stop her would, would get a mouthful. And she looked so determined that no one dared stop her. She got her mother home against hospital protocols. And her mother died peacefully, naturally, and spent the last month dying in her own daughter's home um, and the card, the personal protection card, and I said to the woman who's telling me this story, so why are you telling me this story? What's it got to do with the personal protection card? She said that her mother, being of a certain generation, was absolutely paranoid that she'd done something wrong because she didn't have permission to go home. This is the generation, you know, of the, who are in their 80s now. She didn't have permission to go home, so she felt guilty that she was at home. And she, she kept the personal protection card on her windowsill, and every night went, went to sleep peaceful because the protection card reminded her that she was a, a woman and that, that what she says goes, I'm paraphrasing, and that she had every right to do what she did. And so she died 
much more peacefully than she would have done. That's a lovely story. That's a lovely story. What are the what do you find of all the things you help people with? What 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 are you most requested um, to do? It's more and more it's to do with boys and girls because they know that I'm the author of a book on education, school no place for children, and so they know where I'm coming from. They also uh, th there's still a lot of parking charge notices and and uh, council tax issues, and it's it's a whole it's across the board. Uh, income tax. Uh, my favourite is reminding people that um, income tax is contractual and there's a such cognitive dissonance. What we have with income tax and HMRC is a massive example of Plato's cave. So we're all in Plato's cave and the income tax authorities are that monster. But that monster is only a shadow. It's a shadow on the wall. Once you awaken to the fact that everything is contractual, then you just remind them very politely that you're not in contract. And you can, if you really want to take the Michael, as they say, you can send back the tax return, non-completed and non-signed, or even, even have more fun, complete it, but don't sign it. You're only in contract by your signature. So all, all those people that have ever been prosecuted for tax issues, uh, not one of them, um, no, let me rephrase that. Every single one of them had completed and signed a tax return. In other words, let me reframe. No one has ever been prosecuted for not filling in or for not returning a tax return. There's no such thing as a, as, as a criminal offence or fraud through non-action. Okay. Well, that's, that's, I, I, you know what? I feel terrible because I've just, I just, I just had to, had to pay the taxman loads in, in an overdue whatevers. And if only I'd done this podcast before, but w w where would it have gone? Where would it have ended up? Would I have had? Well, how, d how did the taxman know that you have a certain income? Oh, well, uh, the, my my accountant would, right. would, have, so would have. What I advocate to people, of course, it's not advice; it's just a suggestion. Is sack your accountant and go private and just earn what you earn and just crack on with your life. That's all I do. And what? So what happens when that when you do that? Um, nothing, as far as I'm aware. <laughs> That's quite useful. So in other words, this is a classic example, James, and I have, I'm really glad that you mentioned this. That, so up till now, up till this podcast, you were still in Plato's, forgive me for the, you know, for the presumption, but you were still in Plato's cave, which is where most people are. And this is, this is really all I'm saying is that is I've, I've exited the cave and just step out. So when you, in, in this particular context, stepping out of the cave means realizing that you need to be in contract with HMRC, which means filling in their forms, getting an accountant to contract on your behalf, uh, which, which is a double loss because not only do you lose tax, you lose accountancy fees. And, um, and just go live the moment and earn what you earn, spend what you need, keep the rest somewhere appropriate and just crack on with your life. This is what private men and women do um that would be yeah well they're only going to spend it on shit aren't they they're only going to spend it on on bombs for their latest wars uh, well or i for... didn't want to cheat i didn't want to um there's a man called chris coverdale who's got this covered 
very, you know, beautifully. He's been, he's even gone to jail over this, but he won't go again. He now knows how to avoid that. Um, So I don't like, just as I don't like to mention the hypersexualization in the classroom, because I think that's almost cheating. It's too, too easy. It's too easy a target. Um, I don't like to mention the bombs that we're contributing to because income tax is contractual anyway. And if you think you can spend the funds more appropriately and who, who wouldn't, yeah. um, then do that. Just don't enter into contract and just spend the funds more appropriately. Give yourself breathing space. Take the pressure off. And when you take the pressure off, you've got more time to research, more time to think, more time for yourself, more time for significant others. And that is called quality of life. You, you know what, David? You've, 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 you've cheered up. Um, the, the, the start of this, of this podcast was very bleak and I, and I really couldn't see, I, I, I wasn't kind of, I wasn't buying totally your, your message, which is one of, you know, self-sacrifice and stuff. But now, but now you're, you're, you're showing me the sunlit uplands. Well, in fact, it's the opposite of self-sacrifice. We've come full circle, James. And in fact, you're keeping all your tax and your accountancy fees for yourself and therefore, I'm going to play devil's advocate now, that even if a worst-case scenario happens elsewhere, you've now got the funds, yeah, and you're yeah. surrounded by the terminally compliant, you've now got the funds to deal with it. Yeah. So yeah. it's win-win, win-win, happy days. So do, I, do, you, yeah? do you cover this on your course? Yeah, of course. Oh, great. Absolutely. We, yeah, well, absolutely. Well, look, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be trying something to do with a with a parking with a speeding thing which i hope perhaps you'll be able to advise me on because i i, I want it to work you know i want I, I want to make it work um we can we can talk about that off 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 camera over yeah whatever but i think it's, it's it's important with these things to put your money where your mouth is i don't want to be one of those people who just goes yeah it's all bullshit it's all you know common law has no standing and 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 i i i, I get that i get people don't want to do it but i i want to offer hope to those who do want to to put their neck on the line and do want and, and do recognize that the importance of the cause that you're talking about so i hope you can you'll be able to help me there i think we you know we need our little victories well okay yes i i can i can see where you're coming from there but going back to a conversation that we had i think offline briefly um the the law when it's not us is contract Everything is contractual. So just as you can disengage from HMRC by not entering into contract, similarly, you can disengage from their rules in other situations, but there's a a massive but. They consider you in contract if you've taken a driving test and are operating a driver's license and running uh, licensing plates. They consider you, they call it a deemed contract, and some of the energy companies have the same approach. So that's where things can get a little bit complicated. And so we can stand under common law by not not entering into contract, but if the system believes, rightly or wrongly, that we are in contract, that's when when we need other remedy. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Well, 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 to be continued. David, where can people find your stuff and where can they do their, do your courses and how does it work? Okay, so they can go on thepeopleslawyeruk.com, find out where I'm going to be live and connect to the information about the course. They can't 
um, sign up for the course directly, they have to get in touch with me and that keeps it private. So when they get in touch with me, I will send them an enrollment info pack. They can then do the course in two different ways. Option A is to do the course quietly and silently and nobody knows you're doing it because it's self-study and you just download the materials to keep, including audio and other kinds of templates and resources. And there's also that option plus um, signing up for live Q&As that are three a month, two for newcomers, so that's 2023 enrollees, and one for everyone, that's 2023 enrollees and everybody who's ever done the course. So that we can, the more experienced uh, students can then answer questions that are put on the um, Q&A. And so what I'm doing is I'm reversing the uh, schooling process. So at school, you had to passively digest and regurgitate, whereas on my course, you have to actively study. The notes really need to be read, I would say, 10 times. And since there's 300 pages, so we're looking at 3,000 pages, in effect, because um, it will go against pretty much everything that you've ever uh, thought was true. And it says that in the preamble, and it's reiterated constantly. Um, any cognitive distance can be resolved by being on the live calls and you get access. If you are a, a live course participant, you get access to the two groups, the course participants telegram group. Uh, there's about nearly 500 members on there and the social group so that we can have a nice chat amongst friends and a more um, focused um, chat about live themes that uh, are affecting us, that are to do with the course, ideally. Uh, the book can be, uh, can be purchased, uh, again, on, from the website, so that's School No Place for Children. And, um, and just watch out for... Uh, and if you subscribe, then you'll get updates on where I'm going to be and what I'm going to be doing. And um, So the course doesn't have a specific start and finish date. It's an eternal course now. It used to. Uh, but it's eternal now. You can sign up and get the materials and do it whenever you want. You can sp spend a year doing it, two years or six months, whatever. You can start right. whenever you want. And similarly with the live Q&As, they're ongoing. They don't stop. Until Kingdom right. Come, we'll just keep doing the live Q&As. And uh, so the resources are online, basically. Lots of, lots of, lots of print that you've got to read. Um, yeah, you can download them. If you join the course, you can download the, all the resources. Um, if you can't afford the course, and I don't think it's an expensive course, but some people, uh, you know, for obvious reasons, have, haven't got a, a penny spare, then you can download, you can access roughly half of what the course is, um, but, it, 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 but the course will bring it all together and add on some more bits as well. That's, that's the whole point. And so you have a choice. You can just watch all the videos free to air, download the materials for free, or sign up for the course and get all of that plus more and guidance as well. Good. Well, thank you for asking, uh, answering my sometimes difficult questions, but I think, I think we needed to get this, this sort of straight, straightened out. Um, your course sounds really good. I'd, 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 I'd like to give it a go um, because I think, I think it is important, this stuff. Anyway, um, I, I've enjoyed talking to you um, and um, it only remains to, to thank everyone for, for watching um please do i really appreciate your support the people can support me by buying me a coffee but of course by supporting my superb sponsors 
uh, by sponsoring me on, on Patreon or Subscribestar where, or Locals or, or Substack where you get early access to my, to my podcasts. Um, thank you very much again, David Edelman, The People's Lawyer. Pleasure, James. And um, you've, been a, you've been a tough quiz master, but, but I think we've, we've, we got somewhere in the end. But thank you. Because yeah. I'm not Bradley Walsh. I'm, I'm more like um, Jeremy Paxman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right well anyway um, but thank you and uh, thank you so much thank you Dellingpole meets Ike in Manchester November the 15th you'll find the details below I'm really looking forward to seeing you all there November the 15th gonna be fun bye <laughs>